Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive, Andy. Um, we just talked about the Texans. It was not a positive spin. Spoiler alert if you haven't already listened to that episode. Um, yet, the Texans beat the next team that we're going to preview twice last year. And as you pointed out in the Texans podcast, eight times running, they've beaten the Jaguars. Um, and yet, the, the, the whips around this team, the buzz, the stories, it's all high ceiling. And I am not saying that this is likely to happen in any way, shape, or form, but I do think the price is wrong for them to hit some of their high notes this year in what is, in an, uh, what is in my opinion, at least, somewhat of a soft division. Clearly, in my opinion, the softest in the AFC by margin. And this Jaguars team is a dichotomy in a large, lot of ways because I think the general manager and really just the brain trust from Khan down to Falky, those guys, I, I, those guys are suspect. They are, they have a lot to prove to me that they can run a franchise. And, you know, as you kind of build a franchise in the long arc of things, there are some things they did in this off season, like hiring Doug Peterson that I applaud. And then there are others like the way they deployed their free agency capital that I am just appalled by. And so this is kind of a weird transition year where a lot has to go right for this team for a lot of people to keep their jobs. And there's no, you know, like they're in a, they're in a very funky uh, rebuild spot, right? Two first overall picks in a row, a bona fide, no doubt quarterback that you took two years ago. Uh, you're building around him because he's on a cross cost controlled contract. You're building around him with your free agency capital. You've had lots of lots of high draft capital of last couple of years beyond just the first overall picks. Um, and so they kind of need to show us something this year, or we're going to start asking some you know, some serious questions about some uncomfortable involved. questions for these yeah. guys. Um, what is your temperature on the Jaguars and has it changed at all as you've been reading stories about camp being run like a professional organization at long last? I did want to take a step back to the podcast we did uh, earlier. Um, just because I thought this was funny. Bet online now phrases it as next coached fired slash resigned. Yeah. So does bookmaker. <laughs> remember like they year. didn't yeah. they didn't cash the they didn't cash the chucky ones they gave yeah. it to us on urban so yeah. um 50 to 1 i looked back yeah i looked so i look back at 2021 and it always leads me back to 2020 and you know i end up going back a few years and yeah it's another one of those where oh no weird this has been a poorly run franchise this is a team that was damn near in the super bowl like five years ago and how, how do you how do you get from that to this it does fish rots at the head there are a lot of poor decisions a lot of poor roster decisions. This was an elite defense not that long ago. And, you know, not only we're not going to talk about the long-term stuff, but you know, we'll stick to some of the short-term stuff and some of the decisions they made this offseason specifically. And like, I feel like, you know, what you're referencing, they spent a lot of money and they spent it oddly to say the least, maybe in, I, I guess they 
they picked physicians that mattered, but uh, the names don't always match up with the numbers that are in front of some of these uh, free, free agent signings. But obviously the biggest story of last year, and I'd forgotten how much fuckery there was. And I'm going to rip, rip through this quick because this doesn't really help anybody handicapping. But Christ, I forgot how many different things Urban Meyer did it took him to get fired. Like he was on like strike 10. Like the, the <laughs> Chris Doyle, who had basically been fired in so many words from Iowa for being racist, and uh, he was accused of like bullying. He ran a bunch of players into the ground in practice that like had to go to the doctor because they're basically pissing brown and their bones are crumbling. <laughs> like hiring him, and then after the guy resigned because he said, "Well, you know, hey, I'm I'm not going to stay here because of all the media pressure." Urban Meyer comes out instead of just being like, hey, I made a mistake. He's like, I know who that guy truly is. Like he basically <laughs> doubled down on it. Oh my God. And then obviously the OTA violations, they're fine for. He comes out and says that he used vaccination statuses to decide yep. on on uh, cuts in the preseason, which just don't say that out loud is fine. We had the Shad Khan closed door meeting with the whole team that we thought was the end. It wasn't. Uh, he came out with this was my favorite one. I had to take this from uh, Football Outsiders. I'd forgotten the quote where he said, "I want the offense to be 250 yards rushing, 250 yards passing every week. That's my offense." <laughs> and the best part was, and again, that um, only four, only um, six times last year did a team run for 250 yards at all. Like it's just not a thing teams do. You have to have some crazy outlier game anyway they didn't have a lot of games where they went over 250 yards passing either only a handful of those uh the kicking the you know kicking the kicker he kicked his kicker yeah he kicked his kicker he, and it wasn't even grinding on that girl whatever guys are gonna be guys like she was awful pretty and he's awful old like what are you gonna do <laughs> it was not going home with the team like that's just such a like go home with the team instead of going to your sports bar and doing that getting filmed so it was i don't know how this team was ever supposed to be successful with all those distractions you're already behind the eight ball because you're starting with new coaching staff new gm essentially he was not in that role before that so new gm new coach new coaching staff new quarterback new system new scheme new everything and you expect to be successful and then you have all that distractions on top of it. And then somehow this team beat the bills. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the NFL for you. But, um, and then again, from, and I, I, I found this a couple of places, but it, it popped out at me when I was reading Cleve TA's thing. They didn't have a lot of luck either. Oh they yeah. Only Super unlucky. Fumbles on defense and only recovered two only recovered two fumbles on oh, defense all year. that's gotta be outlier of outlier that's, low that's super outlier low and oh, the funny part was two. their offensive recovery rate when they fumbled was also pretty low like on i think oh, they yeah. only recovered 30 percent or something of fumbles on both sides of the ball which is oh my god about 20 percent lower than where most teams are so they had bad luck they had urban meyer and they had a rookie quarterback. I don't know why this team, you know, how this team was ever going to not have three wins. So they had a six and a half game win total set by the market. They did not get there. Daryl Bevel took over for the uh, aforementioned Urban Meyer after 11 games, 13 games for Urban Bevel took over. And 
last note from 2021, they didn't make a field goal until week six, which is also a <laughs> weird, weird, hilarious thing. Like all these, all these things. And well, great, uh, yeah. so we're going to, so we're going to just going to cleanse ourselves of 2021. And yeah. I, I think in general, both you and I are excited. We hate bulky. We don't think he's probably long-term best for the team, but we like the coaching hire. And I like some of the moves. Like you said, we'll talk about, I mean, just go ahead. Talk about the off season moves unless you have more on 2021. No, that was the perfect recap. Um, Christian Kirk got paid a lot. Christian Kirk got paid a lot. Uh, St. Jones got paid a lot. Yeah. They franchise tagged Cam Robinson. Not obvious what the long-term plan is there. Um, Oh, dude. I, you know, it was one positive about last year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence made his rushing total by like four yards. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking close. It was so close. Um, no, the off season was weird because they had it had clear highs like the Doug Peterson hiring as you mentioned. Um, and I I gotta be flat out honest with you, I grade Christian Kirk as a very efficient piece in a kind of a modern NFL offense. Like he has a potential to be a very, very strong contributor in my opinion. And that wide receiver room was bad. Like they needed to do something. What they ultimately paid him is insane. Frankly, the contract is insane. And like, if you're telling me that they presumably could have not used that money on Christian Kirk and made a deal and gotten Tyree kill <laughs> and pay to him that kind of money, then they really fucked up. <laughs> Right. Like, like there's a, like Christian Kirk could be a great player for them, but it's not going to be Tyree kill. I can pretty much promise you that. Um, similarly, the kind of the way I they agree. handled the draft process and choosing defense and going with the guy that was all upside from a talent standpoint was weird. Um, you know, I felt like they didn't, it felt like tagging cam Robinson was a little bit of a luxury. I uh, don't really know what the long-term vision is there. Um, the, and then the poo-poo platter of contracts they gave out to guys who really, really haven't proven much at all was uh, was kind of insane. Um, gave a lot of money to Brandon Scherf, who I have high regard for as a guard, but he's a guard. <laughs> so uh, that warrants a little bit of scrutiny. Um, this was a really, really bad offensive line last year, and it looks improved, but still, ha I still have huge questions about them. Um, the offensive system overall last year was a train wreck just con conceptually. And I think Doug Peterson can turn that around aggressively pot to the positive. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of that is contingent on, you know, the, the man behind under center and Trevor Lawrence, who, um, you know, I think would have made people made would have made the Bengals have a really hard decision about Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence if Trevor Lawrence was available to come out the previous year just based on the skill set and the talent he showed at Clemson. So um yeah it's it's really, really tough to go from as sure a thing as he was coming out of the draft to what we saw from him last year uh in general. And um you know you can make many, many, many excuses as we just did. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's it was a disjointed situation for a, a 
can't you have a can't miss prospect and you throw him the worst rookie situation I've seen in quite a while. Just for me, nothing went right. Even so Shark and Shark is gone, but like we said, they added a few wide receivers. They got Evan Ingram as well, but Shark broke like broke his ankle early on, missed some time. Like we 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 had bad injury luck, we had bad fumble luck, we had bad hiring the coaching luck, and it was I mean it was always going to be this. So there is a lot of upside to this team this year, and I think it starts with the coaching hire from a guy who's done it before and not only that a guy who probably plays to some of the strengths that we saw from trevor lawrence in college like hey here's a guy who's actually going to have a some simply when your your offensive plan was just hey let's we're going to run the ball and throw the ball 250 yards each that's not a plan that's a result like you can't just say i'm going to do that and that's what's going to happen like doug had a plan and uh, all right so when you get a new coach drew Yes. There's three, there's three outcomes. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong and there's a fourth, but either this coach was a head coach before and he was fired or he, you know, retired and came back, which seems to happen an awful lot, Bruce Arians, or he wasn't a head coach and he was elevated from within or from another situation, like where you hire all these offensive coordinators all the time. I think, a head coach having head coaching experience in the past and not being the guy that got fired for just having shitty, shitty seasons is your, is the best one. Oh yeah. That's the one I like. He's got the experience. If you're going to retread, basically, if you're going to retread, what, 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 yeah. What do you want your archetype to be? It's definitely the Doug Peterson. Yeah. He didn't. I'm going to just say Doug Peterson didn't get fired. Doug Peterson quit. Like that was a divorce. He didn't get along with the front office anymore. They didn't get along with him. He was doing stuff on purpose to get their go. What they were doing like it was contentious at the end. It was ugly, and I'm happy he got out of there because I mean he deserves to play somewhere, or coach somewhere better. And he just sat it out, and now he found a nice situation. He's got a nice young, run, young quarterback, and yeah, he uses motion a lot. He uses a lot of play action, and he's gonna do things that are going to make Trevor Lawrence successful. And it doesn't matter how much they paid for these receivers and overpaid for these receivers. It, they're going to be a, a plus and this offense should, you know, you should see some good things from this offense and in you know, a long term, I don't love some of those moves, but for this year, 2022, I think Dougie P is maybe going to play the quarterback whisper again. Yeah. Okay. I I'm I'm there. I and I there's not a lot of examples like anecdotal examples I can point to of of the retreads that fit the Doug archetype because oh, Doug, it's rare. It's rare and Doug really felt like 20 you know that the Eagles um divorce like it didn't feel like he was done, right? Like he had it not. There was no unfinished business. Obviously, he won a fucking Super Bowl for the city of Philadelphia. Like <laughs> that was a big moment in the franchise. Um, but it definitely didn't really feel like um, that had run it completely run its course. It was accelerated at the very end by just the locker room kind of imploding around Carson Wentz, who they gave a bunch of money to. You know, and yeah, I think a guy like that who i think showed you enough that he can run a comp an nfl franchise competently particularly in a city like philadelphia absolutely worth the gamble if you're jacksonville in terms of he can replicate the success with us 
in a lower pressure environment with a similar type of philosophy in terms of how we're going to build this team on the fly and be competitive right away. Right. Like this is definitely, um, entirely plausible that there's upside with this team and that it's, and that it's, it's based on Doug Peterson running a scheme that is light years more, uh, efficient and, you know, analytically sound compared to what they ran last year. And he, as a coach and a decision maker in game, is willing. We know he's willing to pull the trigger on fourth down. We know that this guy is will. He is. He has learned the hard way, in a good sense. The yeah, kind of the mindset that Brand Staley carries of of what getting the fourth down decisions right and adding that win probability to your, uh, you know, to your your uh, your portfolio does for you over the balance of a of a season. And I think. In the blind, you should. I mean, I'm counting on him running a good offense from a philosophy standpoint and taking, you know, taking the hidden edges, picking them up off the ground and putting them in his pocket, and that leading to slightly better performance from the Jags than uh, what would be reflected by their talent in a vacuum. And I think if the Doug Peterson regime in Jacksonville ultimately doesn't, uh, work out after a couple of years and particularly considering what they're looking at next year from a salary cap standpoint, I'm going to be more inclined to blame Balky and shot Khan than I'm going to be to blame Peterson. Uh, it's going to take a lot for him to kind of lose my confidence and trust that he ultimately can be an effective head coach in the NFL. And I think he was kind of the, uh, uh, you know, he was the, the right fit for this job number one and in general uh you know the kind of uh coach that i am perfectly willing taking a chance on if i'm hiring yeah no 100 percent. and just right away the the offense i kind of again i love reading these reports from camp from the local reporters a lot of them do a really good job of man they can fill a page with a bunch of stuff that i don't give a shit about <laughs> there's so much so many of these like camp battles for and you know maybe if i were a fan of one team it would really be exciting on some of these uh, you know the battles for the backup linebacker spot but there's always some good nuggets in there from the guys that go out to camp every day and watch it and they've been saying like they're moving trevor lawrence around a lot you're seeing just like he rolling him out quite a bit and i mean that's where he can be successful uh, Doug plays a lot of play action, a lot of movement, a lot of misdirection, disguise. Like, just I mean, it's stuff that you don't even have to say. Like, hey, that's going to work for this team. That works for every team if it's done yep. right. So, this offense should be good. We talked about you lost Shark, which you know that sucks. Like, it's it's not good to lose a guy. Granted, we missed part of the season. Back to yeah, Detroit. Um, but Christian Kirk, like you said, we both like him quite a bit. Zay Jones. Um. I mean, they spent a bunch on him, too. I didn't get to see a ton of him. I don't know if I just didn't bet Raiders games that much, but I think he's a decent deep threat, if I'm thinking of the right guy. Like, he's a bit of a speedster. I need to learn yeah. more about Zay Jones, apparently. And then Evan Ingram had flashes. Like, Evan Ingram had good games, and Evan Ingram had some bad games. Like, uh, But, again, he was in a bad situation for parts of his time up there, too, in New York. So you added three pass catchers, and you have Marvin Jones Jr., who kind of got lost the shuffle. 
it was fun talking about him when we had those, you know, the twosome up there in Detroit and they're both sure. very good. And then when you get added to a bad team like this and you don't get the numbers, people forget about you and don't talk about you, but you know, Marvin Jones Jr. can can be a top. He can be your number one. Yes. That's his, his sure. ceiling. So you have three pretty decent receivers, an okay tight end. You added Brandon Sheriff to a, a weakness, the offensive line maybe maybe better and uh yeah i would i would think this offense looks quite a bit better than last year like there's just there's just nowhere to go but up right true like it just everything was disjointed t law looked bad and really people weren't even concentrating on the product on the field we were always just concentrating on what urban had done that week yeah no, I'm, I mean, that's where I'm at, too. I, the center position concerns me a bit, um, but I think the overall the offensive line looks like uh, kind of their floor is league average. Um, the skill position players you laid out, again, their floor is league average. If there's a criticism to make, it's that it's a thin room. Um, if, you know, if, if Christian Kirk is unavailable and all of a sudden you're now, you know, Zay Jones is drawing – CB one type type of coverage and Marvin Jones Jr. Can't get open. And Evan Ingram is dealing with a lingering injury. Uh, you know, all of a sudden now that the weapons look very questionable. Yeah. Chenault is not impressed. And no, like no. you do have a little bit of depth. If you think Chenault can shake that off, Laquan Treadwell played okay at times, but that's your backups at that point. Yeah. The backups scare me. The second string scares me. Um, the running back room is very strong. Uh, James, James Robinson. That was my other note. James Robinson did not start the the year on the pup. No, he there was. There were worries yeah. worries about that injury kind of lingering into this. Same with Etienne. So you have both running backs that are coming in healthy ish, which is yeah very good because man, they, they were bitten by the bug there too as well. Yeah, I I kind of wish that um, I kind of wish that they had grabbed some more vets here you know like if they're going to go the path that the eagles went through wonder once you know when when peterson succeeded last time like they, they wish there were a couple more vets and especially in the offensive line but that's okay i think ultimately um it's a fair unit and yeah the etienne uh upside potential ceiling the way he meshes here is interesting to me i, I mean it just it doesn't take a wild imagination to see Doug Peterson's championship Eagles when you look at this roster. It really doesn't. Lane Johnson was an elite tackle. There's no just elite need tackles some dog here. Masks. That's it, right? Like it's not that far. And you know what? What the skill set that Wentz had before he tore his ACL and before he kind of turned into a locker room nut, nutball. Um, God, is it similar to? Carson, God, is it similar to Trevor Lawrence, especially like the the quiet, you know, ability to evade pressure and use his legs. Um, if they're pressing the easy buttons, if they're aggressive on fourth down, this offense is going to be top half of the league in the, uh, uh, and I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah. Um, make all the improvements and then give them an extra down when they deserve it. <laughs> like just, yeah. I don't know how it doesn't succeed. Defense, touch on real quick. They're going to start a couple rookies here and there, and that's just kind of where they're at. 
I don't know where you have them ranked. It's it's going to be below average. Depending yeah, on... I'm about 22 for them. Yeah, it depends on how some of these like uh, so Devin Devin Lloyd and then the guy from Wyoming. God, a lot probably... of draft capital and young defenders. Two, yeah, two linebacker rookies going to start, and then obviously you're likely going to start at the end that you drafted from Georgia. So. God bless that. God bless that guy, by the way. And I mean, yeah, right then and there, that's that's such a weird amount of uncertainty that makes defenses are hard to guess on anyway, because it, there's less of a unit like, oh, it's the offensive line or it's the receiving core and how they mesh with everything. Like the way defenses have to play to adjust how offenses are, the three, you know, the three basic unit groups kind of mesh into each other so much, especially depending on what kind of defense you play. It makes it very hard to guess how some of these are going to work out when there's been a bunch of turnover. And it's even worse when there's a bunch of rookies. So ceiling is probably, again, middle of the pack. Ceiling's 16, 17, but most likely somewhere in the 20s, low 20s. Yeah, I agree. For me. And it just, again, because we have a lot of uncertainty with these uh, defenders. The, yeah, but the, they did. They did get a. I think they got a good defensive coordinator brought up from Tampa. Yeah, like yeah. and that that was a fun, aggressive defense. If that's what they want to do, and they can get the coverage, uh, that stuff seems to work. I don't think this defense is winning you any games, but that's not what you're asking them to do. You're saying, "Help me put away a lead. Go out and get the key sacks. Get the stops." Josh Allen, Lloyd, and Walker, those are really, really high upside athletic guys that you have out there you know, in a 3-4. In a um, Malcolm Brown, Roy Robertson-Harris, and Fatukasi uh, don't move the needle for me a lot in the D-line, but you just need those guys to eat up blockers and then let your linebacking core do their thing. Um, again, kind of similar to the way the Eagles rostered their D. You know, they got all that pressure out of that kind of rotating core of elite athletic linebackers and just the D line itself, just eight blockers. And they have Fletcher Cox, obviously, who is, you know, a standalone that was, you know, so basically, like, this is the Eagles Super Bowl team minus a Fletcher Cox minus a, a Lane Johnson, really, the way I look at them. I go with, I go with that. So, Take a look at who they play, when they play them, and where they'll be at. A little more blue here. A couple favorites and the Houston game that we mentioned earlier in the podcast, yesterday's podcast, earlier's podcast. You guys know we're not tricking anybody. We're doing two a day here. Um, so Houston <laughs> twice. That's useful. Not a lot of prime York time. We're not going to see Trevor Lawrence in prime time a lot. Mm, just a – ooh. A Thursday night game between the Jets and the Jags late in the season. What what were we doing with that? <laughs> we're That's gonna evaluate the number special, one number one and the number two pick going head to head, Andy, if Wilson still has the job. Yeah, I feel like it'd take an injury to not see Trevor Lawrence in that game, but yeah, Wilson losing the job, probably not out of the realm of possibilities. Um, so they do get the NFC East. So you get Washington, you get New York, you get Dallas, you get Philly, but they also get the appears the yeah, just like everyone else in this. We haven't talked about that a lot, but everyone ha- does have to play the AFC West, which sucks. 
because <laughs> all four of those teams, I mean, who is the lowest ceiling? Ra- the Raiders uh, by a lot. The, by the Raiders a lot. offense. That Raiders offense. Could yeah, but it's, a imbal- it's an imbalanced team. It's yeah, you're right. It's 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 a weird imbalanced team. But yeah, the, I'm, I don't have Denver that much higher than the Raiders. Um, oh wow, interesting. Raiders have some continuity to them. I'm, I, I value, we'll I value s- that. We're already we'll challenging that for the Raiders to talk spot. AFC West. AFC West is going to be a fire week. I can't wait for that week. That one's um, going to be good. But either either way, you're playing four tough teams there. You do have to play your own division. So you get Indy twice, which is supposed Tennessee to be a pretty twice. improved team. You get Tennessee twice. Tennessee like twice. we mentioned, you get Dallas. And uh, what's our other tough one? Oh, um, Philly is at Philly. That's not great either. And it's a Doug fun Peterson revenge game. Going home, buddy. I'm coming Sick. home. Um, I think that this is about this. No schedules in the AFC are easy. That's just the that's just the facts, right? The Bills this year is as close as you can possibly come. And some of my feelings in that is just because the Bills don't have to play the Bills. Um, AFC is is it just it's tough to come by at an easy schedule. But this, if there's going to be a surprise team in the AFC, this is the kind of schedule that gets you there. Really, uh, there are a couple of games at KC at Chargers, the two toughest teams you got to play. You're the, playing them the on Chargers the Chargers. Philly stretch anyway. sucks. Yeah, Indy yes. Chargers Philly that stinks. That this stinks. team, this team probably starts like two and three, one and four, probably. But but there's some meat. There's some meat on the bone at the end of this week or at the end of this year. I like getting the dome team in Indy early in the season. That's a nice spot. Okay. I love getting god damn that freaking week one game plus four. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, Washington is, that still is available? laying more than <laughs> Washington is laying more than a field goal. All right. Um the uh the Houston games, Giants games early in the season are nice confidence builders. That Denver game is interesting because that's neutral. It's in London. Denver's got a tougher trip than you. Um, you're used to that trip too. Uh, it's six and a half is not the distance I have between these two teams on a neutral. I can tell you that right now. That um, is the, the, the only downside. You do lose a home game and you're in the AFC. So you're yeah, down this one is, to begin with. that's your, that's very, the rub. Correct. All the very AFC correct. teams are down a home game. Which stinks, but they do yeah. lose a home game to Denver. Travels you have a decent amount of travel advantages, though. It's just that early season back to back going to LA and then going to Philly the next week. Uh, that's not great, but at the same time, like you're going to you're you're going to be you have a tough ask to beat LA anyway. So you might as well get have that be one of your road games. You have a tough ask to beat the KC anyway. You might as well have that be one of your road games. Yeah, flip that at home. You're still like you're still a dog, a right? Dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't really change the win probability there much. Um, the one wrinkle that's kind of a bummer. Um, you have a fourth place schedule, and unfortunately for you, Baltimore finished in fourth last year in the yeah. AFC North. So sorry about that. Um, uh, yeah, the the. Uh, Overall, it's it's gonna take, it's gonna t- you're gonna have to win games by having your offense really surprised to the good. That's the thing too, like the rest disadvantage, the travel disadvantages. You see those the brighter orange ones on here. If you're watching this on YouTube, 
or if you have the schedule pulled up while you're listening to the podcast, if you're driving, don't look at the schedule, especially on your phone. It'd be so small, you'd probably crash. But those travel disadvantages are against, you know, like, look at it. It's the Chargers at the Chargers. It's KC at KC. Like, if you have a massive massive travel disadvantage, you don't want it to be versus some coin flip team that you can beat. I agree. Go ahead and take your whoopings in those games. And, you know, use the advantage. You have a nice travel advantage there versus the Giants at home. You have another one against, again, Baltimore. the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders, Baltimore, you have a spot. You're coming off a bye versus a tougher team. You get a little bit of a bump there. Even the Dallas game, you're getting a little bit of a bump for travel. So, yeah. And then, yeah, the, the rest is the not only travel, but rest versus Baltimore. Obviously, with the bye, there are some rest disadvantage, but, like, they go hand in hand with the travel ones too. Like again, they, you're going to lose to the Chargers most likely. That is just an awful, awful spot for you. <laughs> it sucks. People are talking. Uh, no way, Indy loses in Jacksonville. Those never famous last words never, for my uh, for my Survivor League. <laughs> and last year, <laughs> yes. they lost to uh, they went went torched every possible anything good for Indianapolis last year in Jackson. I did all my survivor leagues in the, that week one, two years ago, I think they were eight point favorites. Yeah. Done with survivor now. I I mean, that's basically the exact same game situationally as Indy versus Houston this year. Yeah. You're going to swerve in and survive. Yes. The, uh, the scheduled charts are in the discord, the deep dive discord. If anybody, if you're not in there, somebody can help you get in there. There's, I, yeah. I put a I put a link up to that. I didn't know links to Discord invites uh, expired. I just kept sending that to people, and people were like, well, "This is expired." I'm like I didn't know that was a thing. What's that? I'll send you. A, I, I send you a new one right now. So, um, this is a team that can overcome their win total. This is a team that can finish with seven or eight wins. I don't know if it's a team that makes the playoffs, but if the offense comes together and works out well, and suddenly these games against Baltimore, Las Vegas, Dallas, Tennessee, even Indy, if some of those become, you know, let's say you got six games like that. If four of those become wins, because this offense was really just stymied by the coaching staff last year. Um, All of a sudden, yeah, this this is a playoff team, which is kind of wild to say, considering how shitty they were, but they have that. They have the runway to get there. It just, yeah. it, I think you'll know right away because it can't be. Oh, like halfway through the season, they got good. The AFC yeah. is too tough for you to come into that bye and be like, you know, four and six and expect, you know, oh, guess what? We have to win eleven games to get into the playoffs. Like we need essentially <laughs> everything. You know, yeah. all, all, everything has to go right after the bye for us to get in. They need some of those early games. They need the you know, try to sneak that indie game. They need to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Yeah. They probably need to beat Vegas. Like I think Washington, coming out of their buy, this is a team that coming out of their buy can streak. This team can go on a streak coming out of their buy. They can. They can do it. Yeah, it's there. It's make, there yeah, for them. As long as like as long as they don't entirely uh shat know, bed. Yeah. As long as as long as there's no poop in the pants come uh week twelve, then this team could Make a little run, make a little run down the stretch the way the schedule breaks. I agree 100%. Um, the, uh, 
the odds are interesting and we'll cover that next. I didn't have many other takes here on the schedule. Um, just besides again, like the may, the macro thought every schedule in the AFC sucks. And this is probably the least sucky. <laughs> there's just not, yeah, they're all tough. Yeah. Yeah. There's just not, uh, not much good about the AFC, the way that the conferences are imbalanced right now. All right, let's take a, take a peek at these odds. What number, I mean, just spoiler alert, because you've already talked about it on this pod and another, what was the best price you got on Super Bowl? Uh, close to 200 to 1. When we say if an offense works, they can make the playoffs, it's too big of a number. Like, there isn't some scenario where Houston just, Houston has to win the division. I think. 175 to one and 155 to one are my two biggest bets. 200 to one. I didn't get very much. Um, I can... 12 to 12. It's 120 to one now to win the Super Bowl. And again, the Super Bowl part of it. I'm not again, like this is, this is going to go down poorly probably just because so many things have to go right but we are one year removed from a and actually you know what? let's just let's, let's say for the pod what the odds currently are and then we'll talk about what the case is okay. and why the price is wrong they are 12 120 to 1 to win the super bowl 44 to 1 to win the afc plus 750 to win the afc south make the playoffs yes is plus 450 no is minus 650 Regular season win total over six and a half is plus one fifteen. Under six and a half is minus one thirty five. If I am bullish about this team overperforming, why bet into these absurd prices for Super Bowl and AFC and not just AFC South? It isn't plus seven fifty good enough. Isn't that a good enough price? Just bet the division. What plus four fifty is not good enough to make the playoffs? Like those are good numbers for a season long bet, right? Why go a step further? And my answer is not great, but <laughs> last year, up. last year the freaking Bengals, man. Last year the Bengals to start the season. We, we fought that. We fought that all <laughs> season. I know, but to start the season. Like they were clear four out of four in their division. You could make a case that imminent regression and big Ben's, you know, corpse of a throwing arm. We're going to get the Steelers into fourth, but the Bengals were, you know, were very, very clearly the fourth, most likely it was a two team race for the division. And, the biggest, you know, the biggest questions you had about the Bengals were, is Burrow going to be healthy? Is he going to be able to make it through the season with both of his knees intact? Yeah. Right. Those were the big questions we were asking. And ultimately, like for them to have gotten to the Super Bowl, they needed Lamar Jackson to get hurt. They needed Baker Mayfield to get hurt and also regress. Yeah. And you know, they basically needed every other team in their division to have issues on top of their offense finding some spark. And the spark was Jamar Chase ultimately. And otherwise it was just an offense that could outscore teams and 
you know, that's, I think the recipe for surprise and, uh, you know, the idea of a number one overall quarterback doing it a second year in a row, all of a sudden shocking, you know, shocking and otherwise very competent AFC shouldn't really be crazy to us. The quarterbacks just are more capable than they have been in forever in kind of making the clear leap to, uh, you know, the, the contending status. And it's tough for me to say that everyone was wrong, potentially that everyone was wrong about Lawrence and that he doesn't have it the way that Burrow does. And, you know, the clear upgrades in terms of coaching and philosophy and picking up some of that EV off the floor should, uh, you know, they, like basically like you don't need as much insane shit that went go right as went right for the Bengals last year, really. And I think they're in the, they're in the conversation. And, and they probably have a better coach than the Bengals. Right. Sure. Sure. And I think, um, you know, the, I think the AFC South is soft, but I can't dismiss the fact that the Colts and Matt Ryan have one last run in them. And that even a, even the Jaguars surprising to the good, forcing their nose into the playoffs, like, Losing, you know, not, you know, not having some exposure to what the Super Bowl price and what the AFC price was. Uh, AFC prices were great too. I got 80 to 1, 88 and 75 to 1 to win the AFC, which I like even better than the Super Bowl, frankly. Like, if they just get their nose in, however they get it in, or even in contention down the stretch, I think this is, uh, this is one of the numbers that gets short fast. If uh, people put the pieces together, that this is this year's Bengals or this year's Eagles, <laughs> really, like this team could be last year's Eagles and just win, do just do just enough, beat the bad teams that they're supposed to beat, and you know, have your quarterback take a lot logical second year step forward, and you know, I think realistically they could still you know, potentially survive, uh, you know, the gauntlet that is the AFC. So, yeah, if they can just get into the playoff mix, 200 to one is going to seem insane. Yeah, I don't know if I can bet that. All right. We wouldn't bet 120. You wouldn't bet 120. No, I I found a 75 on, I found a 75 on AFC. I'll put a few on that. Yeah, there you go. This is small bets. You know how much you need to bet to win? What did you say? 75? 75. You know what you need to win 20K? Like 250 bucks. <laughs> like that's not. That's. Only pays 18, seven. I've, I've, I've made $250 bets that are way stupider than that. This one yeah, pays bet on, uh, I bet on Arthur Smith heavier than that with Coach Steele. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> um, I think I bet exactly that on that's all they Urban took, Meyer to so get first coach know. fired last year, right? Wasn't that the max on first coach fired? I, I'm not even sure they took that. I think I think we can. No, bet no, no. Like it 100. was two. No, it was two. Oh, was it only a five? I think down? I think I had to bet at because well, we bet it at a couple. Oh, right. I, I bet bet online and low yeah, in order yeah, to yeah, get that, more that, that, that's because right. that's how. Uh, 
That's how you have to do that when they don't take much. It's like my draft. All my draft props are listed in duplicate. Like this guy (laughs) under this spot, bet online and low vague because it's it's such a pain to try to get down on those. So, yeah. All right. I I took a little seventy five. I took a little one fifty. I think also this another key. Another key part about this is I do think it gets shorter before the season even starts. They look good in a couple preseason games. The the buzz is already positive about this team and the way the camp's being run. Um, this is one where I feel like you can scoop enough equity to, at a minimum, <laughs> you know, just feel good about your position between now and freaking Labor Day. Those are fun too, just to feel feel like you have a chance. Of course. So what's the current price on uh, current price on Jags to win the AFC at Bookmakers forty seven thirty eight? I already got equity. I just, I, just, I just got seventy five. So CLV boom value. Boom value. Um, Jags to win the Super Bowl at Bookmakers eighty four fifty five. So the sharpest book out there is already telling you these were. Plus EV bets. And yes, yeah, Sam points out it is getting they're getting steamed in the Hall of Fame game. The year of uh the year of the cat. Lions Jag Super Bowl, guys. Ooh, it is Tiger year, isn't it? I don't know, man. I can never keep up with the Chinese Zodiac. It is it's Muslim New Year. This uh there's so many New Years. There really are. Like, uh, everyone's using different calendars. So it's a wild world out there, guys. All right, Super yeah. Bowl matchup. You want to talk about? I like them. I like them against the. How to win I like twenty against, quick? You know who I like them against the best? I like them against uh, Trey Lance and the Niners. Making you know, make you know, get that. Uh, yeah, that'd be a fun one. All right, Lions versus the Jags. It is. I got to count the zeros. I wish they put a comma in this. Four thousand <laughs> to one. Oh no! I'm gonna no, hit no, max no, no, bet no. on this. See what the, they're gonna let you bet two hundred and fifty dollars on that to win, to win like a million. basically a million. Yeah, li- not like literally a million. Well, I'm not betting that much. That's silly. You can say I bet two hundred fifty dollars on stupider things. I would not that's, be able to say that anymore. <laughs> that's gotta be the one. <laughs> I'll just play it to win a hundred thousand. If anyone gives you ten thousand to one on anything, Andy, you take that bet. I know, but it's only four thousand to one. That's a good point. <clears throat> Lions. Uh, oh, that felt bad to submit. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's asking Jags. And granted, shop around. I'm just at one book because I'm just <laughs> donating money for content here. Jags Eagles, thousand to one at Bet US right now because that's what I have open. Thousand to one, huh? Hmm. So you're saying there's a chance. What is our plan of attack? I think it was I think ridiculous numbers before the season starts. So where are we at right now? Just Eagles. Oh, you know what? Oh, money. shit. Leave our draft money back. Let's close. Let's close. Uh, let's, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, updates for the people, for the Eagles people. Uh, I found Eagles most wins. 20 to 1. What do you think of that? Is that better than your yeah. ladder? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't some, you know, because that that also has some other variables, external variables about other teams, but that's probably a pretty good number, 20, 25 to 1. It's going to be tough on that Eagles 
Jags game week four, who to root for. Yeah, honestly, like a tie doesn't help either of us. <laughs> no. Oh, God. That would suck. Tie would be disaster. Oh, that would suck. Oh, I give me a tummy ache. <laughs> God, I had a I had a regular um, win season under last year on somebody, and they tied or two years ago. Just beautiful. Like, oh, they didn't lose. They still didn't make any, they still didn't make any progress. It's awesome. So all right. Well, we just made some some long. Well, you've you've had them for a while, but now I'm in at uh, 150 and 75. I'm so psyched that I already have equity on this. I can't fucking believe it, honestly. Um I should bet this at bet bet or sportsbook.ag. They have I wasn't even them. really beating the drum that loudly and on all the media stuff. I just barely mentioned this a couple times. Oh, guess what? All of my Browns futures have positive cash outs from last week. <laughs> Good job. That's why you do that. God damn it. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I don't have a lot of books with cash outs. I have to drive to Iowa or use sportsbook.ag, which nobody can use. And what? Let's, let me just ask you, to, me. ask you to pause it for me. If you had a solid leak as opposed to what we were just kind of speculating yesterday. If you had a solid leak that said six games is the number and you could have gotten 50 to one, like how much could you have instantly made by betting that? Oh, the, I mean, it's not paying out much, but like the, to win the AFC, like uh, $200 is paying 210. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. 10 bucks. 10 bucks on two, two and, okay. Okay, so it wasn't worth that much. No, I mean it yet. You yeah. just wait. Yeah, that's I do love, and it's always a scam. Like never, probably never take the cash out because you're you're getting it. You're getting in the caboose on that. But like, I love looking at that because I did the same thing before Drew Timmy signed signed, re-upped his college education there in Gonzaga, and I got the Zags at twenty to one, and that that's another one where it's paying almost double what I bet on it right now before they've played a game. Like there is a game to be played there where the cash out button probably is worth it. If you can make some leaps before news comes out and get some, get some futures bets. And that's where our, our good friend, Christian Pina used to do it a little different. He, he would do a lot with prop swap or sell it to other people in groups. But mm -hmm. if he had something like that, he knew he would regret it if it actually won too, so because it was, a, yeah. so it was a split smart, it's a smart split a stick. Yeah. Yeah. So he would, he would bet it twice. He does yeah. do it twice. One would go to prop swap or cash out and one he would keep just in case. And that's yeah. kind of how I, so a lot of my NBA futures I have two of. <laughs> um, speaking of futures and we didn't really touch it on this in the Jags, but I want your opinion real quick. We kind of laid out the case that the Jags offense has surprising upside to the good, which means leads in games and opportunity for pass rush to be a distinguishing factor. Does that scare you on not having any Trayvon Walker DPO defensive rookie of the year exposure? Like the just the potential that this team maybe has more opportunity for those type of counting stats? Maybe a little, but the price isn't there for me. Okay. What would you need for a Trayvon Walker DR? Like, let's. So, again, kind of looking at the schedule and thinking about this, this Jags schedule sucks to start out. <laughs> they got, well, they're going to beat Washington as dogs, but then they get Indy, LA, Chargers, Philly, bang, bang, bang. If they're, you know, if this is, if this team's still kind of being considered as a afterthought and they're going into that Houston game, what what's the price, buy price on 
Walker. Uh, if you gave me double, if you gave me double digits, I'd like it. But I mean, Josh Allen's still on that team, and uh, you know they got some guys up the middle that are they're mostly a lot of run stoppers. But he's going to rotate in and out. I I don't know if he's going to get the counting stats. So I'd, I'd need double digits, and I wouldn't be buying it for a full stick. I'd be using it to like I'm going to bet this to cover my Aiden Hutchinson bet. Okay. Okay. I'll that makes sense to me. Uh, did I whiff not also taking some Trevor Lawrence MVP? He was like 75, 80 to one at one point. I still, I think they can win the division and go deep and he still doesn't win MVP. Yeah. I'm kind I kind of think that real, the realistic quarterbacks. Yeah. The realistic path here for the Jags is, um, Get your get your nose into the playoffs, and then let Doug Doug Peterson. If he Doug Peterson can compete Bill Belichick with Nick Foles, uh, why can't he do the same with uh, Trevor Lawrence? All right, we we should end this. This has been a long one for these two shit heels. Oh, it's great. What year great is it in Chinese? I haven't eaten at a Chinese place where they have those placemats. Monkey. MVP price right now at Bookmaker for T-Law is 56 to 1. That's come down. I saw that in the 70s and 80s when I was making these bets and I thought hard about it. Huh. It is the year of the tiger. All right. Well, that, that 4,000 to one bets good as cat. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's call it good pod. Uh, best of luck to the Jaguars. Don't fuck this up. Uh, and, uh, yeah, hey, get us some equity. Fame. Dude, hall of fame game on Thursday. Yeah. Let's it's go. coming right up. Let's go. All right. We'll see you. Love chat. That XYZ best adult dating site. That guy is <laughs> Yeah, always. Tenacious. Always. Well, let's definitely do halftime. Thursday? Yeah, let's definitely. We got, we got to warm up. We got to, we got to get our, we got to get ourselves in shape.